0: to another episode of the PonderCast. I am your host, Joanna, and today I have the wonderful Kiki on the podcast. Uh, Kiki is another member of the Ferocious Four, the improv group that I'm a part of. I do hope, however, that we shy away from talking about improv too much in this episode because... I'd like to talk to her about other things. I feel whenever we hang out, whenever we see each other, it's improv-related. And it would be really nice to connect to her on a non-improv-related level. Kiki is one of those women that it's like, girl crush. <laughs> uh, she's absolutely beautiful. She is so amazing improv-wise. To me, she's the epitome of fearless and confident. And... um I really hope that we get to talk about that. I hope that we get to talk about um where that confidence comes from, how how she's cultivated that. And I also kind of hope that we get to talk about friendship and in particular female friendship. And because of my own personal friendship journey with her, uh it's been a it's been a, um an interesting one so, uh, to say the least and um, I know that personally, this is something that I've talked about in a previous episode about female friendship and admiration, and when admiration turns into insecurity. And in the past, I definitely feel like Kiki, and I mean this in the best sense possible, Kiki in my head was is so amazing <laughs> that it made me insecure. And only recently have I been able to... Uh, as i 've got also gotten to know her, um, turn the insecurity back into admiration and just feeling like, "Oh my gosh, I am so lucky that i I know this person and that I can learn from her and and be inspired by her so i don't know I hope I dare to put that out there in front of her. That would be nice, right? I mean, this podcast is about being authentic and truthful. And um, that's what I'm after here. So I don't think, like already just sharing this part with you about how I, um, how my relationship with Kiki is, is difficult. It's scary. But I think the only way that, that this can work is if, if I'm being authentic as well. Um, You know, it's not about me being perfect or, or anything. It's me. It's about me. Just really being truthful. So, let's get into it. This is Kiki. Hey. Hi. Hello. Hi. I'm so glad to have you here. I'm so glad to be here. I have a huge smile on my face. <laughs> <Me too>. <laughs> <laughs> oh Amazing. my gosh. Yeah, um... I said in my intro, actually, I I don't know why I keep doing this, like where I repeat what I've said in my intro. Mm -hmm. But what I've said in my intro is that I think you are the most amazing person. (laughs) (laughs) You're so beautiful and confident. And I know in my intro I said, and I know I said to you just now, let's try to stay away from improv. But there is, I mean, we we met each other through improv. So I do feel like we have to quickly talk about it. Sure. Um, And I also think because... Because I only know you through improv, yeah. so we're really just jumping in right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, what always was a um, a thing for me whenever I saw you on stage yeah. is the fact that you're so confident.
1: Oh, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so for me, whenever I think of like women that are confident in my life that I know, yeah. I think I think Kiki, I think Laura. Um. And I have Kiki in front of me now, so I can talk to you about this. Nice, yeah. Uh, so I would really like to talk to you about uh, confidence. Sure. And do
1: you feel yourself
0: that you are a confident person?
1: Uh, it's, it's funny, because like, just now when you, when, <laughs> when you said it, and thank you for all those lovely words, um, uh, my first, like, I, I kind of wanted to interrupt and be like, no, I'm not. Because <laughs> I, like, I don't think I'm a very confident person. I think I've become quite confident in yeah. improv. Mm. Um, but I can like, yeah, I can, I can be very, very insecure about stuff, but I've become quite confident in improv, which is a really nice place to be. It's also, it's, 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 it's also, um, uh, I I wouldn't say I have like a thick layer of confidence because occasionally, like if I have a bad show, I can really doubt myself. Mm. Um, but yeah. How
0: do you, how do you how do you how,
1: what, <laughs> uh, what did you
0: do or how did you notice that you su- you became confident in improv like is it just throughout the years because you've been doing it for yeah. so long or is is there something
1: that like in your head you switched and you went yeah, yeah. okay so of, uh, of course it is throughout the years i did become more confident but also a couple of things happened that made me more confident mm-hmm. one was uh, i used to be in uh in easy laughs and it's, group i don't know how much context i'm supposed to give but like <laughs> i used to be in an improv an amazon-based improv group called easy Loves. and we had this really uh cool coach um liz bolton mm-hmm. and at a certain stage she did this thing where she made us all write down feedback for each other which she collected just in case anything nasty was written in there mm-hmm. she could filter it out and and then she gave it to to us in a very like loving supportive um email just like a, each player got their own email and I was just so, like, shocked, not not in a bad way, but I just, like, absolutely everything was like, you are great, but we can see fear Ooh. on your face, Ooh. we can see that you're not confident, like, when you have to sing, you know, we can tell that you're really scared, and that that's a real bummer for the audience, and it was given this feedback was given in such a supportive supportive and constructive way that i really thought okay this is what i'm gonna do now i'm gonna even if i'm not feeling confident i'm gonna act confident because apparently that's the one thing that i can do right now to really improve my 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 play and so that's what i did i started acting confident and uh, i guess for me it worked to fake it until i made it (laughs) yeah um, and how would how
0: would you act confident is there like certain bo- like <laughs> but body postures? Because yeah. I know for me, um, towards the end of my second year at theater school, yeah. I was feeling quite insecure yeah. about the whole thing. And at the uh, end of your show... Before we would have a show, I would actually stand in, like, a really wide yeah. <laughs> body yeah. stance because I've heard that that's supposed to kind of, exactly. like, empower you. Yeah. So I would do that. And yeah. it,
1: it it helped. Yeah, that's what I did. Okay. And also, like, I, you know, I, I practiced a, confidence, a confident face in front of the oh, mirror a little bit. Okay. I just, not that much. I mean, I didn't go crazy with it or anything, but it was just more noticing when on stage I was feeling like oh like instead of pulling a face that says I'm sorry audience that you've Mm -hmm. come to see this I pulled a face like yeah audience this is what Mm -hmm. you're getting now this is what I'm serving you know Mm -hmm. so so that really helped yeah and then the other thing that really helped was doing these international festivals uh and in the beginning I was very self-conscious because like most of the people there are people who uh, improvise for a living and they teach and they you know and they, mm-hmm. they travel all over the world and and I'm very conscious of the fact that you know I'm just like a psychologist who does this on the side mm. and then just noticing after a couple of festivals that uh, it doesn't matter and that nobody's treating me as if I'm you know, a lesser improviser because of that that mm-hmm. that's a huge confidence boost just being being included um, and being yeah treated no differently like it, the, the same level of performance ex- was expected from me mm-hmm. as from the others so, mm-hmm. uh, so that helped yeah.
0: so you say you do it on the side have you never thought of doing it full like not on the side because all the time okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> all the time because i feel like yeah. if there's
0: anyone that should be doing it
1: all the time oh, it's you <laughs> thank you that's so nice i am um... Yeah, I have. I I did it for a year, mm-hmm. uh, not out of choice, but more out of necessity, just because like my my job, the job I had at the at the university stopped existing, okay. and so um, so for a year I didn't have a job, so I just like freelanced as an actress, and it was amazing. It was it was really fun, mm-hmm. um, and like I don't know, I I did miss the academic side of things. I did miss like you know, uh, reading scientific articles and like, you know, the, that, that level of, um, how do I put it? Like, um, challenge, you challenging my brain in, in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I miss that a lot. Um, but yeah, I do st- sometimes think like, why, well, why don't I do this? And like, when I have to say no to festivals because mm-hmm. I've got, you know, classes to teach here, like it's an ongoing thing of wondering mm-hmm. like how much, how much job security do I need? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But also, I love my job, so it's, it's a tough one. It's, it's a tough one. So I work at the... There's no good English term for it, as far as I know, but basically, so once you're a doctor, you can specialize in various things, and one of those is general practice. So you can... So it's a three-year curriculum... Uh, to become a GP and mm-hmm. in Dutch, it's called the huisartsopleiding. Uh-huh. Um, so <laughs> even for the English listeners, I'm just going to keep on using that word because it's longer. It's shorter than saying the vocational study for doctors who want to become GPs. So I work for the huisartsopleiding, mm-hmm. and I um, I do several things there. I'm a mentor to uh, two groups per year of huisartsen uh, in opleiding, so mm-hmm. doctors becoming GPs, and I teach uh, doctor-patient communications. Um, I love, like, out of all of the types of doctors, I love the subset of GPs because mm. they're just really interested in people. Mm. Um, of course, there's a lot of challenges um, uh, that come with, uh, with the field, mainly the fact that GPs only have 10 minutes and that's really not enough. Um, but I just love, like, uh, for me, this job was a perfect combination of psychology and improv because... Uh, within psychology, I was specializing within medical psychology mm-hmm. and within medical psychology, I found doctor patient communication to be the most interesting mm-hmm. uh, thing. There's so many different variables in a, in, in, in so many emotions in, in, in a, any conversation between a doctor and a patient mm-hmm. and, um, and improv, like in coaching improv, it, improv is basically a form of communication. And yeah. there's so much playfulness in, in the communication uh, between two or more people in improv. Yeah. And I, I think that's why they hired me. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I I applied twice for this job. The first time I really just talked about like, what I know about cognitive behavioral therapy and motivational interviewing. And the second time around I just I was just like, I'm just going to show the other side of me. And I just yeah. talked about improv. And yeah. I talked about yes anding and yeah. um, about playfulness in communication. And I saw them, the interviewers looking at each other, and I thought, "This is good. <laughs> this is, it's good that I brought this up."
0: So, how did you, how, what was your journey into where you are now? Then, did you always kind of know that you wanted to go into
1: a medical psychology field, uh, no, or not at all? Like I, I set out stu- studying psychology, thinking I was going to be a therapist. I think a okay. lot of people um, do that, and then. I was realizing more and more that I I didn't really want to be a therapist just with the sort of parameters that you get from the government of 45 mm. minutes and you know um more and more people have to be all treated the same when there's so much diversity out there um and I just found the whole thing you know a bit depressing mm. uh and I I got to a phase where I was about to uh like I, where I was really questioning whether I wanted to keep on you know doing psychology when my mother introduced me to uh, this woman, Anna-Marie Kolk, mm-hmm. who uh, was an old school friend of hers and who taught medical psychology uh, mm-hmm. at the uh, at the university. And she and I chatted and I was like, wow, this is a whole, this is a whole different field. Because I, um, before choosing to study psychology, I'd considered becoming a doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I've always been fascinated with that as well. So to me, this was like, oh my God, you mean I don't have to study medicine, but I get to hear... Everything that patients have to say about their disease, this mm. is awesome. Like, uh, yeah. So that's, um, so I started working for her ultimately. She offered me ah. a job as a teaching assistant and, um, and we, we ended up teaching together for eight years. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then how did you find improv uh, or so, acting? I don't know. Yeah, Improv. Improv. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I'd done acting classes as a, uh, as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, but never, never so much improv. And improv was, um, on my gap year after, after school, my, my best friend, um, still to this day, she, um, she got a job as a, as a promoter for Boom Chicago. Okay. Um, so in order to know what she was talking about, they gave her two free tickets to see the show. Okay. And so she took me and, like, she was just like, okay, you know, this is what I'm promoting. And I just sort of went like, this is the most amazing <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And I just became obsessed. Like, every Friday night, I wanted to go to Heineken Late Night, which mm. used to be the, the show that they only did improv. And my friends would tell me, like, you should do this. And I was I was scared. Uh, and then for my 24th birthday, so it took five years between the first <laughs> time I saw a show. And, um, the, For my 24th birthday, my friends got me uh, an improv class. At oh, Boone. wow. So, um, and then I basically like, there was a lot happening for me in that, in, in that summer, in that year, basically. And I realized that if I continued the way I was going in with psychology, I was going to be like, I, I was going to be a very young psychologist that nobody wanted to hire. <laughs> uh, just like, you know, who, who wants to hire a, a you know, a 24, 25 year old psychologist. Um, so I gave myself permission to have a year of like basically personal development Mm -hmm. Uh, so I I partied a huge amount (laughs) (laughs) and uh, and I took improv classes and um, and it was the best thing I've ever done
0: yeah that's amazing (laughs) personal I think to me okay but uh female friendship yeah <laughs> well first uh first let me explain that um first I want to talk about admiration and uh-huh. insecurity yeah because um before I knew you yeah I used to think oh my gosh she's so awesome and I would see you around and I'd be like oh she's so cool I, don't know. I just want to get to know her but I don't know. I don't dare whatever 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 To a point where admiration turns into insecurity because I'm like, oh, my God, she's so awesome.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm so bad. (laughs) So
0: um, uh, I know that in my past with other friends of mine, female friends specifically, because it's not a male thing, it's a female thing. Uh, where my admiration turns into insecurity it ruins the it can have the potential to ruin the relationship that I might have with that right. person yeah. I used to have a best friend and uh and my insecurity like it really got in between us because I thought she was so cool oh, right. that I let it influence me so much in an insecure way yeah and recently I talked to her and then she was she told me like oh I think what happens especially when we're teenagers is Uh, The admiration, we allow that to turn into insecurity. And I was like, oh, my God, that's such a mind-blowing thing. And I've noticed that that happened with you. And then we got to know each other. And I started to allow myself to allow the insecurity to turn back into admiration and into, like, this gratitude of being like, oh, my God, I get to (laughs) know this person. (laughs) But I'm wondering whether, whether you know of other cases of um of jealousy or or you know what i've described yeah. in terms of has anyone have you have you experienced that yourself or, or have you experienced that from someone else where you feel like oh
1: this person relates to me in a very strange way sure i mean i, I think first of all i think we all do it because I've, I've certainly also been like like i remember when you first joined ferocious four that mm. i was like like is it is it, is it okay if i like can, 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 oh, oh you want to hang out with me and have a drink now awesome um i i think um i think maybe we are raised not necessarily by our parents but by our society to mm. uh compare ourselves to other women and uh and that has terrible terrible effects yeah. but but yeah i do um I do think that, uh, this is a thing that, that happens more often. I'm sure like i have put people on pedestals and, mm-hmm. uh, that's gotten in the, in the way of things. And, uh, um, I was talking about this the other day with somebody because I, I think it, I've been noticing that it happens in improv as well. I know we're, we're not talking about <laughs> improv, but like, um, people put others on, on pedestals, uh, a lot and it's, it's weird to me because it's such a it's it's such a weird nerdy little field of theater that we're in like yeah. it's it's like what are we talking about really like i remember people talking in terms of like that's a famous improviser it's like okay okay pump the brakes here. Like, you know, how famous can an improviser really be yeah. um so yeah yeah that's that's uh, the short answer is yes absolutely i've i've done it and i've i've noticed it sometimes Mm -hmm. you know it was maybe like a beginning improviser sort of you know you can see somebody like smiling and making eye contact Mm -hmm. with you and (laughs) maybe not daring to come over (laughs) which I which I have done so Mm -hmm. like when 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 people are looking at me that way I'm like don't be silly come over but I've certainly done it to others like just just last October (laughs) I didn't dare to go over and introduce myself to this female improviser because I was like she's so cool (laughs) It's, it's, yeah, it's silly. Mm. Yeah. But very recognizable. Mm. I'm sure we all do it. How do you deal with insecurity? Oof, um, that's, that's a tough <laughs> one. Um, yeah because I, I yeah how um, do you allow it to like not paralyze you in a sense yeah that's a very good question um I, um because my coping mechanism with insecurity used to be or used to be maybe pro- probably still is to like just ask for the reassurance that that, that mm. I need until recently it was pointed out to me that like only in the long term that doesn't help in the long term, like you, you need to not rely on somebody else giving you the gold star. You need to be, be able to give it to yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's something I find difficult. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I do find that difficult. So, like, um, there's uh, what's the word for it? Self talk, where yeah. you just like, you know, literally <laughs> just tell yourself like, you're, you're awesome. doing a great you're job. Doing great. Yeah. Like yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I I I'm trying to do a bit more of that. Like I I have a an email folder on my at my work email, yeah. which is called for a rainy day, in which I keep the emails that have compliments in them. Oh, <laughs> like, I love that. I know that's amazing. it's amazing. Yeah, but it's also kind of sad, right? No, it's, like, it's not. That's it's amazing. Like, yeah,
0: that's a that's a handy tool to have. Yeah, I
1: should that's point awesome. out there's only like four emails in there, like, <laughs> <laughs> and one of them was literally. My roommate saw me making that email folder and sent me an email saying, like, Kiki, you're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really it's, nice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to, because the place where I work um, is the sort of place where um, you work fairly independently. Mm-hmm. So if I do a good job, I'm not going to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I I do need to rely more on, you know, my own knowledge that I'm that i'm giving a good class or, or, yeah. or whatever um so yeah so i th- that's so that's a topic that i'm i'm sort of working on okay yeah and insecurity in in performance uh um that's uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we could spend an, as we said before recording <laughs> we could spend an hour gushing about laura but uh, she's very good at pointing out like what i'm doing that's that's awesome oh, no. yeah.
0: recently found out yes that you are half dutch i am half australian that's right yes which i did not expect no. i did not know no but you've lived in holland your whole life
1: no oh, i no. came here when i was about 10 ish okay yeah let's talk about that
0: because yeah. i'm half <clears throat> dutch half brazilian yeah. so i know for me i have uh identity issues sure. where i'm like i don't feel dutch i don't feel brazilian yeah. i kind of am just a blob yeah <laughs> do you experience the same
1: thing absolutely um okay. i i was so relieved and grateful when you know that the the, the dutch moroccan rapper ali Bey, mm-hmm. he was asked in some interview like do you feel dutch or do yeah. you feel moroccan and he said you don't ask a glass of lemonade whether it's syrup or water <laughs> and i was like that's it that's yeah. the answer because like i mean i, I so i was born in australia Moved to Brussels, moved to Sri Lanka, moved to Amsterdam, and all of this time I'm in French schools or a European oh, wow. school in the French section. I don't know what the fuck. Oh, I'm, this is a swear. Yeah, splur- okay, no, it's fine. <laughs> I, like, I don't know what the fuck I am. I like I've been told a lot. I have an Irish accent. I don't know where that comes from. That predates the Irish boyfriend. Like I. Yeah. I you know, so. Like so, identity is is like yeah. National identity is a tough one for me. I yeah. I also don't know when when Australia played the Netherlands and in the World Cup a couple of years ago. You know, people were also asking me like, who are you gonna support? Like, yeah. I'm gonna be happy either way, okay? Because yeah. either way, I win. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and either way, I lose. But you know, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, it's it, yeah, it's 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 a complex thing. I I feel like I spent a long time calling myself Australian because I felt like I wasn't Dutch, mm. you know, like being in Holland, like, and not st- still not like, I still make mistakes when I speak the language and, you know, mm. only very subtle ones, but still, and there's a lot of cultural references that I don't get. I, you know, I, I don't really read d- Dutch books or watch mm. Dutch TV. So I felt like not like not Dutch, but now like I'm 37. I've been living here for 27 years. Like, it's kind of ridiculous for me to call myself Australian when I lived in Australia for three years. So, right. but I'm also not quite Dutch. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a weird one. So I, I, I feel like I, I use my Australianness as a shield to sort of <laughs> explain away why I'm making mistakes in the language or not understanding cultural references. Um, but it's, um, yeah.
0: Do you find it important to have an identity? In that sense of like a national identity. Not
1: really. No, yeah, it's I mean, more it something. Can... Yeah, you you yeah. don't have it either. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no. Because what, what do you say when people ask you? Where? I say it's complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I say uh, I'm I'm half Dutch, half Brazilian, but I, I don't feel like either. And I sound yeah. very
1: American. Yeah. I love, uh, th- there's that term uh, third culture yeah. kid. I yeah. love that one. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm a third culture kid. Yeah. You're a third culture yeah. kid. Yeah. 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 I do like
0: being a third culture kid. Yeah. Although when I was younger, I used to hate having to move around so much.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah. now I'm like, oh, thank God I yeah. got to live in the places that I lived. Yeah. Yeah. It's, right? it's a, it's a
1: mm-hmm. curse and a blessing. Yeah. Like we had to say goodbye to people yeah. and we had to like, I, my theory is that third culture kids have um, gotten very good at adapting. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably one of the things that makes us good improvisers Uh, because you're very good at like observing what what is every how Mm -hmm. is everybody else behaving Mm -hmm. um how do I fit in and um yeah so you know you have to say goodbye to people you have to fit in but on the other hand like yeah you you get a completely unique experience and you know perspective on
0: yeah
1: on culture. Mm -hmm.
0: Talk about um, femaleness.
1: Femaleness. I don't know yes. how else to put it. Yeah. Femaleness. Because
0: yeah. um, when I when I look at you, mm-hmm. I feel like you have a, a strong feminine identity. Yeah. And I'm wondering, is there, mm, is there something you do to? feel that way or to exude that feminine energy besides drinking feminine
1: feminine tea tea (laughs) (laughs)
0: um the reason let me explain why the reason i asked this is because um i feel i lost my mom when i was 18 which is like for me a pivotal point in my opinion of like a woman's uh growth right and i feel like for a long time i was kind of missing that um i feel like i missed out on a lot of important feminine um processes yeah. because i couldn't i didn't learn it from her yeah. and there was no one else around to show me or teach me so i felt very closed uh, re- i felt very closed from from femininity yeah and it's only recently that i've i'm starting to dabble in it yeah, that, yeah I mean yeah. that sounds no, weird but no, um I totally that it. I'm that I'm feeling in tune with like okay oh yeah I'm a female I'm a woman yeah there's this raw energy inside me that all women have yeah and um I mean, this, this sounds like I'm just here to tell compliment you all the time but <laughs> But, oh boy. Ooh, uh, it's warm in but, here. You know, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry. But I'm just trying to, I'm just being honest mm-hmm. here. Um, I feel like you have that. Right. That This feminine energy. Yeah. So I'm wondering, is there, do you, do you, do you feel like you tap into that? Do you yeah. feel like you do something to cultivate that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Do. Okay. I do. So um, I was late to the femininity game, let's say. I, um uh, I, I used to not give myself permission to be that feminine, mm. like uh, until I was 24. I think it was start like 24 was a big thing for me. <laughs> um, I uh, I would have my uh, like, I had my hair fairly short and like quite spiky, and it was always a choice for me. Like in my mind, the rule was I could either wear lipstick or have heels on, or like or oh. a dress with boots or jeans with heels. So it was it, not too much femininity until like i realized like why like why why shouldn't i be that feminine mm-hmm. and um so i started dressing a little bit more feminine and then some years later i discovered burlesque mm-hmm. and um a lot of things sort of fell into place for me the first time i saw a burlesque show like it's this celebration of all bodies mainly female i mean there's some boylesque but it's mm-hmm. it's like the shows in amps at the time were mainly women um, and I just, I was very, very attracted to the, 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 um, unapologetic femininity, uh, of the, of, of the performers there. And, um, I became a little bit, you know, bit, I, I get obsessed with things. I, you know, I, I dive into things, get obsessed with. It. So I became. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I started going to uh, going to classes and like reading, reading about burlesque and Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately like emceeing burlesque shows, Mm -hmm. um, which was awesome. And and now I feel like it goes in phases and Mm -hmm. occasionally like I I might lose touch a little bit with the with with the feminine um, and then I'll I'll do something to Mm. to remind myself and you know it, 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 yeah uh, and that can that can either be reading uh we, we yeah we were talking about good night stories for rebel girls mm-hmm. i i bought i, know, I haven't read that I, yet but um, <laughs> but you know th- that that sort yeah. of thing yeah. it can it can also just be very uh very superficial as in like clothes and uh yeah. but also um hanging out with other women and um uh yeah uh talking about the sort of things that women talk about when when, when they when they hang out with each other mm. uh i feel like often uh i can recharge feminine energy by uh being more in touch with the sensual you know like mm. giving you know getting a massage um uh like I, I realized a, a while ago, like the the classic gifts for women mm. are all things that appeal to the senses. Like, mm. you know, the silk scarf appeals yeah. to the touch, and the perfume appeals as to yeah, the, the yeah, sense, yeah, 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 yeah. chocolates to the taste. <laughs> I have oh, oh, those are few. Uh, <laughs> um, and um, and it, I'd read somewhere that like, oh, women women are more sensual beings than, than men are. Mm. I don't realize that because I don't know what it's like to be a man. And, yeah. um, So that, yeah, um, so I thought, okay, you know, if that's, if that's a thing, then yeah, let's, let's explore that. Let's, let's do more of the sensual stuff to tap into the feminine. Because yeah, femininity is a thing that's, that's important to me. Yeah,
0: yeah. Did you do burlesque yourself as well?
1: I did, uh, yeah, I mean, I did the classes. I did one show. There was mm-hmm. one show that I did where I was paid to take my clothes off <laughs> together with my bestie, the one okay. who got me into into Boom Chicago in the first place. Um, what was that like? Oh my God, it was such a rush. Like it was, uh, so we spent so long rehearsing and like rehearsing a burlesque act is just like, it's three minutes of doing the thing mm-hmm. and like 20 minutes of like, picking up the gloves and the garters and the, you know, the whatever from the floor and then starting all over again. So like we had a concept. It was, um, it was based on um, the Wizard of Oz, which Mm -hmm. is my favorite movie. And uh, she was the, the cowardly lion, and I was Dorothy who was helping her, like, liberate her feminine sexual energy. That's amazing. And so, yeah, so she had this fur coat on that at first she was, like, holding around herself. And I'm like, no, basically, let it go. Um, <laughs> it, it wasn't to that tune. Um, uh, it was to the tune of uh, I Want to Be Evil by Eartha Kitt. Mm. Um, and it was super fun. Um, and it was just such a rush like it was such a rush there was this it was a new year's party at the KHL okay. and so room full of people and uh just like hearing people whoop when you've take, taken off your clothes it was just like it was such a rush like yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was yeah. awesome yeah, yeah yeah
0: and you didn't do it after that
1: i haven't done it again no is there a
0: reason for that
1: um no not really no um <laughs> I, I was asked more often to MC the shows than mm. I was to perform which makes sense to me because like I'm not a dancer. Um uh I feel confident that I can make an act funny but there's a lot of other women out there who have who, you know who have dancing yeah. training yeah. and who can make it funny. So uh, so my perspective was like why why would I take their stage time right. to uh you know to do something in like in in to do something of less lesser quality than what yeah. they're bringing in yeah. and as an MC, i got to watch the whole show like if you're a performer in a burlesque show you spend a lot of time backstage so you don't see the oh, other acts right and so you see these women and men going out with these amazing props and you're like i want to see this and you don't get to see them so um <laughs> being an MC felt like the the, the best uh the best of both worlds yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's
0: amazing yeah
1: that's amazing that you dare to do that oh my goodness yeah it was like there was a part of me that was like what if there's somebody in the audience who I teach communications (laughs) to like what am I gonna do but at the same time it's like I I don't I mean you you you're an actress you 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 know what it feels like to have like a wig on or Mm -hmm. like you feel
0: yeah there's a disconnect
1: from yourself in that sense exactly and it makes you a little braver and there's something about having fake eyelashes that are like four <laughs> centimeters long and like i i wore a wig for this performance i think i can't remember yeah um so yeah there there was there, there's some courage in in that yeah that, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah wow yeah i don't think i could ever do that well you know what like the scariest part because like being on stage you know with the lights yeah. on you you um you know everybody's cheering yeah. yeah um I had I I had MC that evening as well and I I do this thing of like warming up the audience to really encourage them to mm. make a lot of noise and then when you're up there you you get all of the noise which is nice for me the only really awkward part was afterwards when you have to walk through the audience to get back to the um, <laughs> get get back to the, the 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 dressing room and wearing panties and some tassels on right. the nipples <laughs> and that's it <laughs> <laughs> like that that to me was weird because that's when you have eye contact with people, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or either that or you're looking at the ground, which is equally awkward. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the anonymity of the stage is uh, yeah, that's it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. You've broken that wall in a sense. Yeah, you're not on the stage. Yeah, exactly. Do you do anything um in terms of self care where you're like, I always have to get a massage on a Monday morning or well, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> um is there anything that you do to
1: to make to take care of yourself? Yeah, I um um I make sure to uh block off time um just like I'll I'll how do I put this? It's like, I'm lying to people. They say like, can can you make it that evening? Mm. And I'll say no as if I've got something else, but Mm. really it's just, I need, I need couch time. Like I need time to just, uh, realistically what I do then is I just watch Netflix, but, um, but I need that time. And also, um, I make sure that I go to bar class. Mm. Uh, I mean, right, not right now I have an injury, but generally I try to, I try to go to bar class like ideally I'd go four times a week but uh preferably Both. three times and if it's a bad week twice because that, that that gives me energy yeah yeah and wow uh, that's yeah. a lot of bar yeah I really I'm I'm quite addicted to it It's it's yeah. been hard not going this summer because of this injury but yeah it's um I love it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. really nice it's yeah, awesome. yeah just yeah. really makes me feel um it makes me feel so strong and like mm. it gets it gives me a kick to be able to do these things with my body. Mm-hmm. Did you do other exercise before? Have you tried um, lots of different things? No, not that. I mean, I I've, I've tried stuff, but I I was never just a big fan of yeah any sports. Yeah. I like running. Yeah. Uh not so much for the activity, but just it's 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 basically the only thing I do on my own. Mm. Um and so it's just about, like, listening to podcasts or music while I'm just doing something on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, like, I mean, I like swimming, but I also really don't like being cold. Like, I hate <laughs> being cold. Uh, and so living in Holland often means if you're going to swim, you're going to have to be cold. Yeah. yeah and getting yeah. into the pool. oh Yeah. No. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: How do you, um, how do you manage uh, relationships, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 romantic relationships? Because mm-hmm. I know you have a boyfriend. I do. I have a boyfriend. Yeah. Um, for me, what I sometimes find difficult is to, uh, to take time out for myself. Yeah. And then, and that doesn't mean take out time for myself and my boyfriend, but like just myself. Just you, yeah, right. Because then I feel guilty. I'm like, yeah. oh no. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could be spending time together. Yeah. But right i'd I'd rather just not yeah
1: well, <laughs> do you have that yeah it's it's that's an interesting one for me right now because mm. so my boyfriend moved over uh from ireland to to be here with me, mm. and uh in the beginning that meant because he didn't have a, a job, he didn't really have friends here yet. it meant that whenever I came home from work, he was always there, which mm. was great, but also I kind of wanted you know yeah, <laughs> I wanted yeah, yeah. an evening by myself once in a while, and so in the beginning that was quite challenging and now so he's lived here for almost 3 years and recently we decided to uh, live apart to continue our relationship while living apart and so it all happened fairly quickly he found a he found an apartment mm-hmm. uh, very uh, very quickly and so now it's like we're redefining our relationship and yeah. this this sort of question like how you know um what is the time together what is the time apart yeah. that that has become easier because now it's like it's not like uh, you come home and it's taken for granted that you're both in the same space yeah. and that therefore maybe you're going to do something together, but, you know, maybe mm-hmm. not. Uh, now it's just a lot more clear. Like, tonight is um, what, I, what I call woman and cat night. It's <laughs> I, when I'm at home alone with my cat. Uh, <laughs> hooray. Um, and, and when when is, you know, date time? We're like, we, we get to date for the first time. No. We never got to do that. Oh, Because like, right. first he was living in Ireland... And then he was just here. Yeah. So we never got to date. So now we're finally, like, we're getting to date. Um, and that's, like, I, I I so recognize what you're saying about, like, you know, feeling guilty. Because, like, you know, when, when Rory used to live with, used to live with me, I'm talking as if it was, like, a long time <laughs> ago. But it, he literally moved out, like, what, three weeks ago? Or four weeks ago? Something like that. Um, yeah. Sometimes it would be awkward. It would, the, the, you know, you have that awkward moment of like, so are we doing a thing together yeah. tonight or are we, you know, are we each doing our own thing and, you know, yeah. one person on the couch and the other on the dining table. Like I, yeah, I really struggled with that. And the, the living apart means it's, it's a lot more clear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah.
0: That's interesting that you guys made that decision. Yeah. I think it's really, uh, I, I think it's really awesome because it does make sense in a way because because you have been together so much yeah. from the very beginning, that now it's kind of like you're like, oh, let's let's do that thing that we missed out on in the yeah. beginning.
1: <laughs> but it's also it's weird because
0: like as <laughs> as a couple,
1: you have you have you know rituals and like mm-hmm. you have your own little relationship culture, and we're having to redefine that after three years. Right. It's really and you know I'm I'm noticing I'm getting a lot of questions, of course, because of course, if, yeah, because yeah, if if one of my friends had this situation, I'd also be asking questions, but. I don't know the answer to many of them. Like the mm. question, how often on average do you guys see each other? I have no idea. Like mm. it's only been a few weeks. Like I yeah. don't know how to calculate an average out, yeah. of, out of, out of that. Yeah. Do you have people also
0: doubting whether like being like, Oh, it's because your relationship is over." Oh now? yes. Yeah. Right. Oh my
1: goodness. I've had a lot of people sort of say like, well, this is the beginning of the end and oh, like, and some of them in a very loving, caring way. Like a, a lot of people have made me crack up in mm-hmm. the, in the way that they're, they're responding to this. Um, and some of them just like outright rude, of course, but um but yeah, oh absolutely it's um i uh, I know it's being talked about because, uh, you know people tell me that they've spoken about it, um, and that's difficult uh, i I notice you know um i have i guess I have a lot of internalized norms about like you know where I'm supposed to be as a thirty seven year old woman like mm. I, you know, I've just dealt with the whole like why don't you have children, and now i'm like it it's like the people who ask me those questions mm. um it it's like in their eyes i'm taking even a step back from that right and um and that can be difficult yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many expectations of like, how how we sh- yeah how it should be and and you know and i'm sure i have those as well like i'm i'm sure i know like en- i know several other couples who who've done this and i'm sure that at the time i you know I might have pulled a confusing, mm-hmm. a confused face. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but it's so it's an it's an interesting thing to be going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, I'm very curious what it will um, where it will bring us. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say like, oh, I'm sure you guys will end up living together again. <laughs> but it's like. <laughs> we might maybe you might we might might not this might be the new like way of relationship yeah it's like everyone has a relationship in their own way yeah exactly
1: and like it's so funny since you know um telling people that Mm. we're doing this i've heard so many stories of like couples that have two adjacent houses (laughs) or like you know she'll own the top two floors and he'll own the bottom two floors and they actually have to ring each other's doorbell. like you hear all of these different ways of filling in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I guess we don't really talk about it. So I, well, with things that we don't talk about, I try to be open about it. Yeah. Um, with this, I, like, I don't think I have just, I guess I found, I, I found it difficult. Like, um, uh, in the beginning, but, um, in a way, like I'm glad to be talking about it now because I think there's also people, there's a lot of people I haven't even told this to, right. yet. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, so, uh, Uh, Yeah, I'd rather... um, I'd rather address it and I'd rather people ask me the questions than that it were just, you know, sort of um, spoken about with people not knowing most of the information.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Gossiping, in a sense. Yeah, gossiping.
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Which, you know, fair enough. A bit of good gossip is is fun, right? But... (laughs) um, But, yeah, it's... um, The the way I see it, if, if, if... my story can help somebody else who, you know, I've heard other people saying like, Oh, I've always considered doing that with Mm. my partner, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't know where, you know, I don't, I don't know any success stories. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if my story can help, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Inner
0: voice. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and I guess this kind of has to maybe do with insecurity as well. Um, uh, let's let's do it with an example yeah. or with an assumption on right. my part. Uh, I have an assumption that you get asked to do a lot of when it comes to like improv or performance. I have an assumption that you get asked a lot okay. to do a show or to do this or to do that. Yeah. And I'm going to assume that you say no to some because, uh, you might otherwise be doing it 24 yeah. <laughs> seven and you have to sleep and you have to rest and you have to eat. So you can't yep. say yes to everything. How do you, um, do you, are you very conscious of
1: the, the projects and things that you do? choose oh no it's a mess it's It's a a mess mess? like uh so i i I think i do get asked for things that i say no to but Mm. i certainly sometimes don't get asked for things that i would have liked to be asked for Mm. so yeah so so, and that can make me very insecure sometimes Mm -hmm. um but it yeah the the projects that i choose that's a mess um it's more um it's it's instinct Mm -hmm. it's um you know the, the same group can ask me twice to perform with them and one time I'll be like oh, no mm-hmm. uh, and the other time I'll be like oh yes please thank you so much for asking um and it's uh, it's only rarely that like if my if 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 I'm feeling like I've taken on too much that I'll you know m- make more conscious decisions mm-hmm. but usually I have to get to the point where I've accidentally taken on too much
0: so you feel like you say yes more often than you should yeah
1: okay. sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and other times I I don't get asked for things, and then sometimes out of those times I'll shamelessly just like hint that I would <laughs> like to be asked, and uh, sometimes um, sometimes that helps. <laughs> no, uh, I don't do that that often, but uh, that's more with with like festivals that I really want to be invited to, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um. Do you feel like you, are this, this, uh, some people don't connect to this, but mm-hmm. some people do. I feel like that's something I'm working on. Uh, so the inner voice, yeah. the, the, the thing that maybe guides you, maybe you call it heart. Maybe you just call it whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, for me, like, I feel I've made some bad choices Mm -hmm. in the past because I was listening to a voice in my head that wasn't really the voice I should have listened to. Yeah. Um, And recently, I'm, like, I'm getting more in touch with the right voice or the voice that, you know, uh, um, is taking care of me in that sense. Yeah. do you relate to anything like that? Oh yeah,
1: you do. Oh, absolutely. I um, the uh, for me the biggest inner voice sort of struggle is uh, has to do with permission. Mm. Like when making big decisions, mm-hmm. I feel like I like I need somebody to, mm-hmm. to give me permission to, to 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 do that thing. So like, you know, any any sort of big purchase or a big yeah. change in life, you know, I I'm not very good at sort of deciding a thing for you know, my, my my intuition will be telling me one thing, but I'll, I'll need somebody to sort of say like, yes, you, you know, that's that's... a good
0: way to put it. Yeah. Your intuition. Yeah.
1: Okay. So how do you,
0: have you managed to kind of like just listen to your intuition and give yourself permission to
1: do uh, it. Oh no, I'm no. I'm terrible. It's ter like it's a, and the thing is like I mean if my intuition is screaming like you need to do this thing, mm. basically I'll just ask various people for permission until somebody says yeah you should absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. do that thing. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know what it is like I, I I it's something I can beat myself up for. I can yeah. sort of be like come on Kiki you're 37 when are you gonna you know. When are you going to allow yourself to, to, you know, um, to make your own decisions? Um, but yeah, oh, I've got another trailing off sentence here. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it, it's something I'm trying to be better at and haven't really found a way mm. yet. Mm. Cause it, cause it's so easy. It's so easy to text Laura or to, yeah. uh, you know, ask my boyfriend or my sister or my parents even, um, you know, what, what they think. Mm-hmm. Um, to you know to get that permission
0: yeah. interesting
1: but how come
0: that's a little bit double for me because mm-hmm. um, have you had a situation where for example your intuition let's say your intuition t- is telling you uh... Hmm. I guess maybe the best thing is to just give my own example. Okay, but then okay, well let's just do it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, for example, I was in a really shitty relationship, mm-hmm. and everyone around me would tell me, "You need to get out of this relationship." Right. And even my intuition was telling me, "You need to get out of this relationship," yeah. but yet I couldn't listen to any of that. Right. So I'm wondering, do you have that where even If everyone around you is saying to you, like, you should do this or you shouldn't do this, whatever, whatever your question is, and your intuition is telling you that, do you ever struggle with the, with, with that kind of like double sidedness of being like, yeah. Yeah. And how do you trust? uh, How do you trust the choice that you make then? Yeah. Oh, that's
1: a tough one. Yeah. 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 Um yeah. I don't know. Sometimes if I find a a decision very difficult to make, what I'll do is like I, I'll tell myself that I'm now making the decision mm-hmm. when in fact I'm I might not fully be committing to that, but just to see how it feels to mm-hmm. decide one like if I'm like just to say out loud like I'm choosing A mm-hmm. or I'm choosing B to see like how I feel. Um oh, wow, interesting. And um so, so that's that's a thing but like but I totally recognize like what you're saying mm-hmm. when like your surroundings are uh, telling you one thing but you're, you're like and you know it but you're also you're you're not yeah. sure for whatever i've been in that situ- that exact situation mm-hmm. as well, like in a relationship where everybody was like you should get out and i for for reasons i still don't understand I just couldn't quite yet yeah um I needed a bit more time um yeah it's it's a it's a tricky one. Yeah, Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't really have a good answer. No, it's,
0: no. But you know, it's really funny because um, it's interesting to hear from someone that I think has it all like all together. Oh my god! Or, like it's oh, super a mess. confident, <laughs> knows what she's doing, knows what she's choosing. You know, in that sense. And then to also hear that you struggle with that, oh, it's yeah. like oh. Okay, yeah. well, I mean that's—I yeah. mean that's fine, right? Yeah, totally I, I think fine. maybe
1: the difference between you and me is like I, I've sort of decided it's okay for mm-hmm. for for these things to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I'm still like, no, yeah. I have to figure it out. Well, because I used yeah. to have this idea in my head that like, oh, I'm I'm this certain age, I'm in this certain stage of life, mm-hmm. I should. You know, I mm-hmm. I shouldn't be dealing with this anymore. And then I realise that all I'm doing then is making myself angry mm-hmm. uh, with myself that I'm you, you know, that I might be what people call a late bloomer or a late developer, you know. Um and um and that, that that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. And that I, I realise that's a very cognitive argument, but um it's it's one I try to remind myself of that like it's I'm only gonna make it worse for myself if I'm beating myself up mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people who go through it so i might as well have a sense of humor about it and mm-hmm. just like be be confident in my fucking up do you care about others op- op- other people's
0: opinion about you yeah. more than your own opinion about yourself
1: oh sometimes for sure yeah okay. yeah i oh yeah i i'm i'm very um yeah, um, I, I, I I'm I do there. <laughs> I, I I I do think a lot about like wh- what do others think of me, and mm. like not not very general others, but a more um, I think depending on the situation, I'll sort of think like oh, I wonder what so mm. and so thinks or what so and so thinks. So I yeah, I do need to remind myself that oh my my actually with with the whole thing we were talking about before with like Rory and me moving mm-hmm. apart. Uh, that was a thing where I really needed to stop thinking about what other, what others thought. And mm-hmm. cause like even telling people in the beginning, it, it was, there were so many opinions and advice, like I, un, unwanted advice mm. on, on, on what to do. Um, so I really had to rely on my own compass. So that was, that was a good exercise yeah. uh, for me. Yeah. Um, I, I think I was very lucky that, you know, a few people, including my parents, said, what a fantastic idea, because, um, you know, I do find that helpful, yeah. but, yeah, I really needed to find a way to block out the, the, the opinions uh, and advice of, of others. Yeah. yeah.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Uh well, I mean, I'm sorry it was such a messy chat.
1: Don't apologize. This is great. Like this is like yeah, this is amazing. No, thank you. Thank you. Yay. Yay. <laughs>
0: That was my conversation with Kiki. I can't believe she did it. Uh I feel um it was really interesting for me because I noticed that I was getting I was quite nervous uh having this chat with her, which I haven't had really with any of the other guests so far. And I think it's just because I think I was trying to impress her in some way and um which is insane (laughs) I mean yeah I don't know I don't know what else to say about it Um, I'm so grateful that she did it and um, grateful that she sat through through all of my awkwardness and um, I'm happy that I got to ask the questions that I did it's um, it's what I said in the in the episode it's really interesting to see someone that Um, you think maybe has it all together, but, um, you know, they also have their weak moments. They also have moments of insecurity or, um, not feeling confident about something. And, um, I think it's just a normal thing. Maybe that's something that I need to realize for myself is it's also okay to be insecure sometimes, you know, you don't have to be perfect. And I think this episode and this process with her specifically um is a um is an example of that. Uh I wanted it to be perfect and I I think I put so much expectation on it that I I made it more difficult for both of us. And it wasn't until I kind of maybe let go of that 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 we could really uh really talk. So I really hope that she enjoyed the um the experience um and i hope that you listening um, forgive me in you know, a in a sense even though maybe i shouldn't even be asking for forgi- for for forgiveness maybe i shouldn't even be apologizing about it because that's what it is isn't it it's owning your imperfection and um yeah I get scared sometimes. I, am, I get nervous. And uh, today was one of those days. <laughs> so nobody's perfect. Neither am I. And that's okay. It's okay to not be perfect. <sighs> Thank you for listening. And I really hope you come back next time for the next episode thank you guys so much